Welcome back, everybody, to another Smooth Ramblings with Hollywood Cole. Um, Going to be fun time tonight. I uh, this we had this podcast planned for a year, and this was you, you, uh, the popular blind list read. This is the first one that we were going to do. Stuff just came up; we never got it done. But I'm happy to be doing it tonight, and it is going to be the top 25 RPGs of all time from our friends at Den of Geek. Um, but if you'll notice, I didn't put the guests that we're going to have in the title of this podcast. I want to introduce them here live. So I had to call some of my uh, most trusted allies up to party up tonight to uh, to chop this beast down, to chop this boss down. So uh, I got the uh, old school gamer from back in the day. Hardcore, just like me, still plays Mr. Swingin' Thunder! Good evening, gentlemen. Glad to be here. Uh, swinging, you there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, man. Cool. I uh, think I'll throw you off. And we also have with us uh, tried and true RPGer tried and true PC gamer, which I guarantee some of these games are only going to be on PC. Old friend of mine, old friend of the show, Mr. Nick Femianos. What up? <laughs> Welcome, guys. How's it going? All I was right, not ready for man. the intro at uh, all, so, so I apologize. I, I know. No, you know, <laughs> it's in uh, the voice. So I got to say this before we start. The voice is like swinging thunder. So who, whoever can whoever can get this voice. <laughs> so I got the voice from an old '80s show. Um, it's actually in the '60s. I want to see if any of you guys can guess it. And this is from the. It started in the '60s. It's gone by two different names. Um, and it's it's a kids' game show. It's not a cartoon. And we watched it mid '80s, late '80s, and. Uh, the first one in the 60s had, uh, and I'm just making, this is from YouTube, I didn't research this at all, but it was like a regular guy, and then the actual host later became uh, the name of the show was the host, and it had the grand prize game on it. And it was in the 60s, then the 80s, mm-hmm. you said? And I don't oh, know man, if it stayed I going. I was you're talking about it at first. I'm like, oh yeah, it's Double Dare, American Gladiator. I'm like <laughs> no. thinking all these random things in my head. Uh, so, yeah, whatever that that Bozo the Clown. There you go. go. That's know. it, Bozo, bro. You're that was kidding. it, man. Bozo, wow. the Bozo Show. So like, <laughs> dude, it just popped in my head like Bozo Show, and the grand prize game where you got to throw the ping pong ball into there's six buckets, and the Mandela that. Effect got this. They may have changed it later, but it was if you got what what did you win if you made it in the in the six bucket six. I don't you remember. remember okay. I don't remember. When I did watch I that show, I was like six years old. Yeah, I was like, yeah. It's it so around. long. Do you remember, Ian? Did you watch it? Okay. So I loved like it. Wasn't it like a $100 bill? I used to say, you get a brand new $100 bill and you would drop it in the bucket. Yes. That's what I thought, but it was a 50 <laughs> according to YouTube. So, um, so anyway, found it on YouTube. All that to say, man, the Mandela effect the new the the late 80s uh bozo was like a happy good lucky clown but like the early 80s <laughs> like, how you doing little girl <laughs> he talked just like, like that clown. oh my gosh yeah he's like crusty i bet that's where they got it from and we i was trying to show my uh 
little boy, uh, my boys, and my kids, and my youngest little boy got scared. And <laughs> when that cloud came on, <laughs> every time Clowns he'd make terrifying to begin yeah. with. I don't even know why I liked him. That was the only clown I liked as a kid. Uh, yeah, so then yeah. I'm thinking when the Ringling Brothers were coming to town, and I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, Bozo Clown's going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know okay, better because the clowns and circuses, you know, everybody knows Bozo. I can't believe it. You got Bozo. So like, uh, Dude, it was um if you made it in bucket one, you go put it bucket, make it bucket number one. And you make it go, hi, hi, all right. It was just like he's just like a drunk New Yorker they just picked up off the street and he's come dressed up as Bozo. <laughs> oh my gosh. But anyway, man, if you could go check it out on YouTube, you'll see it. But that's where I got it. Anyway, all right. So let's get started on this list, man. But uh well actually, no, let's not get started. We hadn't checked in with you guys in a long time. Nick. What you been up to, man? It's been a long time. It has been a minute. Well, uh, I mean, I've done a couple of uh, podcasts with uh, Clear. Yep. And, uh, you know, they're doing the Gamer Dads thing. So right. I've done two, maybe three. I've had a lot of fun with him with that. Yeah, they're fun to listen to. Dad. Yeah, you I know, like they're listening. fun. That's awesome, man. You've been, uh, yeah. you've been uh, gaming at all lately? Like you get an instant game you hung up on? or? Oh, my goodness. So I, I have. I've been playing a lot lately but the most recent ones were uh prey was free on the epic game store and yeah. i've always wanted to play it and that's basically system shock and it was dope like yeah i'm, I'm i was uh i beat it yesterday and i was able to get like the other endings really quickly too which was really fun yeah and then i hit up uh so i started getting back into the hitman the 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 the, the, re, the soft reboot trilogy yeah and uh, because it was like, I got like some random article on my phone talking about Hitman on one of the levels. Like, Oh, I remember that level. Oh, okay. Let me try this thing out. And I was like, Oh, this is pretty cool. And <laughs> then I blazed through it. Then as I was towards the end of the first Hitman game, the entire trilogy was on sale on steam for like 15 bucks. Oh, nice. And I'm like, yeah. So then, <laughs> and the nice thing with that too is when you have the whole trilogy, you could have, you could just have Hitman 3 installed and everything carries over. So I could literally play one all the way through th the, all three oh, campaigns. Oh, it doesn't the third even. Game. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome, yeah. dude. And the story, I, I, it's been a while. So they they intended it but i didn't i didn't know it until you know like after i started playing it for a while and i started reading up on it but it was a spy thriller it wasn't like the old school like hitman games like you're in the nitty-gritty because you're killing all these terrible people because you're also a terrible person no you're <laughs> right. like this you're like you're still a hitman and you still do these things but the people that you're offing especially in this one they are terrible and then, so they made it like a globetrotting spy thriller it, it uh, was that's pretty cool man oh man it was it was great like i haven't even done like the extra content yet but i love going back to the uh previous levels that i completed because there's different uh challenges you can complete whether how you kill you know one target and how you discover other stuff and like intelligence and whatever and then you unlock equipment that you could customize your loadout if you want to do the with the pre-planning for each mission yeah it's so those are like my my big two um there were other games but off the top of my head right now they've completely gone out the window because of these two games right now mm. but I, there were a couple in the past that i was just like really hooked but nothing like these two that's when it gets fun man when you get hooked oh, yeah. on one of those yeah that's awesome man i got i got to uh uh, Clear got me the Final Fantasy 2 for my birthday like last year, Ooh. and I've just been – I just turned it on to check it out, 
bored one day like let me just check it out i'm gonna get the old school i've been wanting to play it actually but now i'm just like the same way i play that now over anything else it seems like when i got some free time Mm-hmm. Just get on that. I'm enjoying it, man. I just killed the three Magus sisters, and now I'm ready to rock. Nice. Now, are you playing like legit two or legit four two? two? Okay, so, so Final I don't know Fantasy anything four, about but it's a Super Nintendo version. So Final okay. Fantasy two, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, what about you, Ian? What's up, man? So I'm in all over the place. You've been part of some of that. So uh, got into both the Xbox and the PS5. A um, little bit of old school Halo Master Chief Collection. Um, definitely could tell that there's been people playing Halo yep. since 20 years ago because our little crew would do well four out of five <laughs> matches and then just get absolutely curb stomped. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Destroyed. Uh, what was it? Dark Alliance, I think. Mm-hmm. Had a little fun with that. Uh, yeah, Dark Alliance. That was. That was disappointing, I'll be honest. It, but you, you go ahead. We can <laughs> well, talk about this later. well, we we were rolling it's in be teams number one three and on four. The RPG absolutely no we've been going with teams mm-hmm. i mean it's obviously a game that's a lot more fun when you have the group together and uh little sea of thieves right right so we've been playing little sea of thieves yep. and uh that's an interesting <laughs> thing and then uh i don't know yep. my problem is just like the rest of us getting a backlog of games i picked up lego star wars a skywalker saga for me and the little one um i really it's uh, this game had better be one of these games had better be on this thing but what i want to get back into is Mass Effect, the Legendary uh, Edition, the trilogy. I- I'm trying to get back into that. Oh, I just started it. I just started it. Well, I will I tell you that. Hesitant. I love Mass Effect. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I got the N7 tat. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Yeah, I just, I just started it, man. And um, I, I don't remember it being as fun as it is when I first played it. It's super, You're on the it's first so one good, then? man. I just... I, yeah, just the first yeah. one. Yeah, and I only played the I played that one and I played Andromeda, but uh, and I I liked Andromeda. I just played the first few little bit of Andromeda, but you know everybody just brags on these these uh, other ones and um yeah I'm I'm ready to go back through them. It's on Games Pass, so yeah, I want to so bad, but I mean I've I burned through all three games multiple times each time back in the day. Like I'm waiting. Like I have it, so when the itch comes, because it will yeah. in a couple of years, yep. like I will blaze right through it. The only yep. problem probably you're gonna when, have, I probably think closer Nick, to when is, four comes out. Yeah, gotcha. But I think the only problem you're gonna have, Nick, is there is I think one or two DLCs due to whatever license or whatever issue that are not part of. That, that oh got, yeah, the it was it's uh, the DLC in the first game. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, but everything else is All there right, though. Let's but. do an audible right now. Uh oh. Okay. Let's go ahead and go to Discord again because like you're a little bit delayed. Um, all right, so I had to switch over there. So what were you saying, Ian? About uh, are you are you here still? He was mentioning, but the last thing we got out was that he was mentioning that we were uh, the missing DLC from the first Mass Effect. I know oh, that was okay. what we last talked about. And, I thought uh, it had everything. It doesn't. It had everything but that one. Uh, uh, that some the that file got corrupted, but it was like the. Uh, I don't know if it was just one of them or both of them now, but one of them is like you're basically in like a fighting arena, and then yeah. the other one is like when you're trying to stop like some Batarian de- uh, terrorists on a moon, and um, you know the those are briefly talked about like. But into, they're both. They were both corrupted. 
I don't know if it's both or the just the arena one. Okay. So I, I but everybody I, I don't remember. Everybody says that two's like starts the best. You have the you know what I'm saying two and then three like one you kind of they say one's good, but it's just like not compared to two and three is way better. I think so. Two and three makes sense in the the progression of the entire story arc between the the trilogy. So, like you hey, know, can you hear me? Yep, you could hear you. Yep, gotcha. All right. Sorry about that, guys. No, I don't know if it's me or not. No, no worries. Uh, all right. Yeah, we'll try cool. to press with it, man. See if it uh, fixes. Um, but anyway, yeah, we're talking about Mass Effect, and um, mm-hmm. so if to everybody listening, we just had some technical difficulties. I don't know what's uh what's going to get edited out or not, but we'll try to make it as smooth as possible. But if it's not, that's what. Um, so well, let's let's jump in because Mass Effect is probably going to be on this list. And all all disclosure, we started doing this a year ago, and I looked through the list because we didn't even think about blind list. But I do not remember anything on the list. I mean, I remember there's going to be some obvious. I'm going to almost guarantee, like, well, what do you think is going to be on the list, Nick? Give me your top three, oh. or what do you think is number one? So this got PC. This has got everything. Um, uh, an RPGs. An RPGs. So, yeah. Okay. So. Um, your top three you think or give me three and three well, that you think are going to be mass, mass effect definitely absolutely okay that should definitely be there i don't care anybody can cry about the endings i was fine with it when it originally was there i loved it even more when they did the extended cut but mass effect overall had an incredible story and i think that's why they're doing forward to try and fix the end that's fine we'll see which is canon but mass effects up there i want to say personally fallout and i'm talking about classic fallout those okay, you know classic it, the classic fallout they you know even if they say three or new vegas I'm, I'm fine with that too but i'm talking about classic fallout for talking about like top tier rpgs and then number one like i want to go old school i want to say uh you know chrono trigger yeah i knew and that would be on there for you that's what i was gonna that, you know, well, yeah, that's what i was gonna say yeah and so i said well <laughs> go ahead nick you tell me because <laughs> that's what yeah. But yeah, that's i mean everybody game. pretty much has known from the get-go like you know fallout and chrono trigger have been like my top the like S tier kind yeah, of quality dude. RPGs. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Swing and thunder. What is your three you think's going to be on? Well, I sound unoriginal because I'm following Nick now. He had two of the three I was going <laughs> to say. So I'm going to say, I'm going to give you three different What were you going to say? I do Chrono, agree. Tr- Chrono Trigger. Chrono, Chrono Trigger. I mean, and we, I, I am a very old school player. So, I mean, I, we've both have talked about how much we love this game. So Chrono Trigger would have been up there. I would agree with Mass Effect. I'll give you three different okay. ones then. Um, I'm going to go with Final Fantasy VI slash three, depending on how you want to look at that. Mm-hmm. But um, Final Fantasy VI should be up there. Yeah, I agree. And I know people have a lot of love for seven and ten, which I do as well, and other ones as well. But I think six is the one of the entire Final Fantasy series. Uh, Witcher. Witcher 3, I think, okay. needs to be up there high. And... Um, I'm having a brain fart now because I had a third one. <laughs> um, Witcher, Final Fantasy VI. Uh, now I'm having a brain fart. I'm really trying to think of what the other one was. It was a newer one, and I can't think of it right now. It's really escaping me. I feel bad saying that. But, uh, okay, I'm just going to say this. It's not It's not going to be on the list, but it's a personal favorite of mine, and a friend of mine was mentioning it not that long ago. Super Mario RPG on the Super Nintendo okay. as well. That's a that's phenomenal a game one, too. Dude. I'll agree. I'll give you another one that's a really modern RPG that's like on point 
top tier. I would I would include if it was in the top five for sure. Disco Elysium. Yeah. I really I've heard of it. I've I've heard great things about it. I have not played that one though. I recommend it if you ever get an opportunity or if it's like on sale like in the Steam Summer Sale or something. All right. Well, I'll tell you guys this. Number twenty (laughs) five. Disco Elysium. <laughs> so I remember you mentioned this one, Nick, and one of the, I think you mentioned it on our web, on the Facebook at some point or something. Uh, I, I've, I've heard, heard about it from you. I, I saw it on this list a long time ago. And I remember that was on the list and I thought I remember you mentioning something about it and I bought it. It was on Xbox and it is it's, unusual at first. Oh yeah. It's like, I mean, you can pick like what your guy thinks and everything. Like it's a, yep. you got to find his shoes at the beginning. They're like, oh, it's, it's really cool. <laughs> I was, mean, you're like a detective. He's an absolute train wreck. Yeah. It's great. And it's like an alcoholic it, or something, right? And his mind is saying, he's, I can't tell uh, what he's, he, he's got something going uh, on. Yeah, alcohol, uh, like alcohol poison induced like amnesia. He like, he just yeah. like, totally blanked out the last three days and just doesn't know who he is. He's like, wait, I'm a cop? And he tries to play it off. like, I'm a yeah. rock star cop. It just yeah. depends on the personality <laughs> you want to shift it. And yeah. then, you know, like you could be like just hardcore, like tweaked on drugs or, <clears throat> you know, you, you could really have like uh, incredible, like empathetic, uh, you know, social skills or, or, or knowing how to detect things, you know, be a good detective. And it's like, I, I loved it. It was, yeah. it was great. I cracked up the entire game and, uh, like they even mentioned, uh, uh, just without spoiling anything, just like the only thing, like at the end, it's like, if you sprint everywhere you go, they will talk about his man. <laughs> I never had such a consistent workout in my life. You know, it's like oh, this gosh. guy runs everywhere, you know, and it's, it's, it, that, that's, I mean, that's like if you're just like a real RPG, on, right? I mean, it's like you're role playing however you want to role play this guy. And it, it's pretty reactive. They, they did a lot. And then they've updated it since the original release. Now they got full di- dialogue. They added sections. No. Uh, like even if you haven't played it since launch, which I haven't, but I've heard some good things. Like going back to it, it's almost a whole new game. It's just one of those like, you know, I want to appreciate. So I got to be patient with. I don't yeah. want to rush through that. Yeah. That's what you got to do when you play that game. And, and that's I love games that are meant to be played like that. Persona, a series is like that. Um it actually says that, but not to get too off topic, but it says at the beginning of the Persona series uh, four, Persona four, like just sit back and enjoy the game. And, like it literally has a message that comes up, and it's like just sit back, relax, and enjoy the game. And I don't know why that hit me just right, man. I, for some reason, I got to feel like I got to do it all <laughs> and all this. And it's no, just what am I doing? It's a game, and that's what I think this Disco Elysium does really well. It's just uh, just to relax. Um, and it, and so here's a little hint here for the rest of the, the list. And again, I have, I've only seen a year ago. I don't remember what's next. I thought Disco Elysium was up higher, but anyway, it says it may be the newest game on the list. Okay. But in less than two years, Disco Elysium has changed the way some of the industry's best creators approach the art of video game writing and RPG design. So, uh, very interesting. I mean, it's definitely worth a, worth a go. And go into it with that mindset. I mean, I want to crank it back up and just mm-hmm. do like that. So it doesn't, it lacks a proper combat system, it does say. And so that's kind of what I like to do. I don't mind the grind. I like grinding. I don't even remember the combat. Or it was just shooting, right? Well, it's just a. There was a, an instance or two, but everything is all skill checked. So the whole game is skill checks. So yeah. you're just playing just a, you, you have moments of action. 
that could hurt you or kill you, yes. But they're not necessarily combat. It's really just how you roll. It's so if you have a better skill in that, your roll, your chances of success are much higher with a chance to retry, you know, after putting an extra skill point into that specific uh, skill block. Okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Essentially how you do your skills is how it's going to play out. And it's essentially just can change the whole experience based on your skill level, but it's not a combat driven thing. Right. Right. But that's, what's so beautiful about it. They put such a emphasis on the, the lore for the setting. And I mean, it's, I think it's based off an actual book that somebody Mm -hmm. wrote like the whole setting, but, um, that, that they build like this whole thing. There's a class war, there's a political war, then there's, you know, there's a race war. There's all these cultural things happening with everybody there. And like, you're just like right there and you're basically an interloper on everybody else's problems because you just came in and wrecked things, <laughs> you know, as a drunk. And so it made it fascinating because you're literally unraveling. So then it helps build your character over time too. Cause you know, yeah. It's it's wild. It is wild. I I wish it was higher, but I'm glad it is part of this list. Oh, yeah. Well, all right. Let's move on to 24, Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. Anybody play that? Not that one. That's old. I haven't got two that's into the it. One, that's the one on the Wii, correct? I thought that was the one on the Wii. Yeah, let me see because it has an old. Okay, no, it's the one on the Wii. Yeah, I'm looking at two. One ahead. I'm looking ahead. Well, before, but I just I didn't have much to say about the game, but there was two things I wanted to mention <laughs> off the last one. Was uh, one the other game. game I couldn't think of. I don't know why was Skyrim. Uh, I think being high on this okay. list. Yeah, Skyrim. Personal preference. I actually like Dragon Age Origins, the very first Dragon Age game. Uh, oh, I did too. Second thing is so. Yeah, second thing is, uh, never played Disco Elysium. I do want to check it out, but uh, that sounds like a very bad weekend I had in Korea, to be completely honest. It has to be based off of that. The World Cup. Who <laughs> hasn't had been. a bad weekend in Korea? <laughs> oh, gosh, that's funny. Um, so Fire Emblem is GameCube, actually. It's a very expensive GameCube? game right now, yeah. And I don't remember, is this the first Fire Emblem? What was the first Fire Emblem game? Let's no, find out. No, no. It was so, back on Game Boy Advance. Okay. You got to go back further than that. So it depends really? if you're talking Japanese or you're talking American. I'll talk mainstream for me. Mainstream, yeah. So Japanese, uh, it goes back to Nintendo, the original NES. Wow. You go back to the Fire Emblem series. And I want to say, could be wrong, I'm not, big, I'm not a big PC gamer, but I believe it is the first console game that actually introduced permadeath. Where you lose your character, they're done. Yeah, it does have permanent. But I do believe you're right. I think it's either Super Nintendo or, or Game Boy Advance when it became came over here to the States, if you will. I mean, we missed quite a few in the series. I think they've gone back and, like, I wouldn't say remastered them, but, like, retranslated them and brought them back over to the States, the more popular ones. I remember the one on the Wii. And I have the one for the Switch. I have not gotten to it yet, yeah, but I've heard it's way. an outstanding game. I just haven't had a chance to get to it. Yeah, the one on the Switch, you can turn off permadeath, and a lot of the hardcore Fire Emblem guys are like, no, it's not a Fire Emblem game unless it's permadeath. And I kind of like the permadeath. I mean, I wouldn't think I would, but I do like that. Not necessarily for this game, but, you know, that Fallout was like that. You could do that. Um, uh, Diablo was like that. I think I would like it. For some reason, it just adds a little bit more of an intensity to it. Um, but this is a strategy-based RPG, which is a whole different type of, 
you know, RPG. We've, so it's two different types. And usually we teach RPG, do things like Final Fantasy, Chrono Triggers, but we've just gone through one. Like you said, Nick, that's just kind of a reactionary global world. And it's um, uh, just kind of rolls the dice to uh, skill check type of thing and our skill check based. And then this is a, a, you know, tactical RPG here. And uh, the, yeah. the one on Switch, these type of things you'll get into and then you kind of just, if you stop playing it, you know, and it's just with kids, it's hard to get into sometimes. But uh, there's three different houses. I've just called three houses. And you pick one and then you just, you play it. So uh, I like the battles. I don't like them much of the story. So, but anyway, I've only played like the first two hours of the one on the Switch. But um, this is a, obviously a beloved one. Uh, I never got a chance to play it, but my sister really enjoyed it. Did you ever play like Shining Force Two? That was my uh, well. No, Final I didn't Fantasy have a. Tactics. I didn't have a, a Shining Force. Isn't that wasn't that on Genesis? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, I never, yeah. It was a Sega. Yeah. yeah, I never got to play that one. Yeah, and uh, and by the way, Ian was right. It's uh, or excuse me, Swinging was right. Shadow Dragon and the Blue Light, nineteen ninety, Famicom. Wow, man, I don't know how you know that. Japanese. I Famicom. get really bored on. I get really bored on long road trips and I just listen to random YouTube videos on history and lore and video games, et cetera, et cetera. Cool. All right. Number 23, Ultima four quest of the avatar. This looks old school, man. This looks like some DOS going on. I have heard that it was one of those, uh, really great games, but I never, I never played, uh, Ultima beyond, uh, the Ultima online MMO. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I've never played any of the Ultima games really. Um, and it says here, there's a healthy debate to be had about the best Ultima game ever, but Ultima four gets the nod here by virtue of the sequel's sheer audacity free of nearly every overused role-playing trope. Ultima four tasks you with finding yourself in the age of enlightenment rather than battling some great evil during a dark time. Sounds interesting. Ultima 4 deserves more credit than typically receives or its plot that focuses on internal struggles in a time of peace. But it's the game's virtue system, unusual character building mechanics, and truly open nature that make it special to this day. That just sounds that sounds pretty interesting. That does. Really well, does. especially yeah, well, for, when it, for when it especially when it for when it came out. I mean, and I think we all like that twist. You know, uh, just seeing a movie or a game that just completely takes the typical tried and true path and completely flips it on its head. So, I mean, I've never played the Ultima games either, but it does sound that, that piques my interest hearing that. Yeah. That's, it does sound, it sounds pretty cool um, to do something like that, but it looks old. I mean, it looks like DOS, man. I mean, it looks, you got to put Southwest, West, Southwest, you know, that kind of stuff, whichever direction you're going. But, um, but anyway, I'm, I'm assuming that's the picture of it, but Ultima 23. All right. Number 22, Hmm, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Anybody play that? I've yes. seen people play it. My my buddy developed it when he worked at Troika. Oh, he, really? Uh, okay. He was res- he was responsible for the uh the Santa Monica hub. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah. He also he's now at um he's he was also uh, the one that he was part of the designers that developed the Nemesis system for Shadow War. Okay. And, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's he's really really talented uh, uh, programmer and designer and stuff. So like, 
I, I loved it. I loved Masquerade. I had a lot of fun. Despite it being broken, it was a great game. Yeah, that's what it says. Masquerade was tragically broken upon its release and is only really playable today thanks to fan updates. Um, it says most of its problems can be attributed to its incredible ambition. Tabletop-style RPG mechanics even perf- ever perfectly complemented the true unique RPG world where the vampire clans battle for control of existing... Uh, of an extensive underground society. <laughs> that sounds good too. I mean, every time I read these, I could do, I want to just go play these. There's a two is in development right now, but I haven't heard much from it. Um, how old is this could, game? Uh, early 2000s. So, okay. uh, I, I think if I remember correctly, um, that game was because it's, it's built on the source engine and it was actually done before Half-Life 2 got released. And that was, I think, around the same time when some Russian uh, hackers, like, they stole the source code. Like, they hacked from the thing and they tried oh, to hold man. a ransom. And then those guys ended up going to jail. <laughs> so, the Russians did? I think so. Oh, I good. Think, I, I want to say Russians. I'm probably or whoever wrong, hacked it went to jail, yeah. Someone, th- there was, a, yeah, a couple hackers or some <laughs> dude. Yeah, they they got hosed. <laughs> oh yeah, that's crazy, dude. But I think that also kind of put their development in a flux too. Yeah, it looks great, man. I mean, just fight oh, for yeah. underground society. This is great ideas, and they got a vampires uh, on um, PlayStation. I think it was free PlayStation Plus recently. Um, Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song. I was just, I, I the, the name sounded familiar to me, and I, I I was just looking it up on the PS app as you guys were talking, just because I was like, same thing. I was like, man, something sounds familiar. Is to that me. It? Yeah, they released a battle. They, well, they released a battle royale, and then they released so- a Swan Song. I think this week, but the, there's a battle royale that's free to play on right now. I think they're trying to rebuild the the want for that series, yeah, the, the hype for it. Yeah, so they're trying. What they're trying to do is uh, probably like secure funding for the to develop the second one because they dropped the other company that was developing it, and they also transferred it to somebody else. So I think there's these are the results of that um, that swap. Hmm. I'm gonna look out for that part too. Well, it didn't help with the whole Chris Avalon sexual um, harassment stuff that's going on because he was the writer, and so as soon as that happened, they booted him up. Uh, and I'm sure and then like I think they took out all his stuff like and then rewrote everything from scratch so I think they you know there's a lot of factors into this one that I'm kind of like oh uh, wow yeah that's gonna be yeah. it could be a while uh all right well that's vampire 22 oh here we go 21 uh dragon quest 8 journey of the cursed king what do you guys think? I never played any of the Dragon Quest. All I know is that Kira Toriyama did all the artwork for it. What about you, uh, Swing and Thunder? <laughs> I'm trying to. <laughs> so I, I, I do remember. I do remember. This is like I, I had played Dragon Quest games before, but I'd never really gotten into them. You know, yeah. like picked it up. You know, the older ones. Yeah. I remember the art style on this. Looking like, and what systems did they come out on? Because it, it had that animated art style yeah. that still holds up very yeah. well. I think this and is just on PlayStation Two. I know it's on PlayStation Two. PlayStation Two. Yeah. Was it Dragon Warrior or Dragon Quest? Sorry. Dragon Quest at this point. Well, I, Dragon did, Quest. I think at they this started point. all the way back since Nintendo. Yeah, it was Dragon Warrior back in Nintendo. Okay. Are you asking which systems? And they changed it. To- overall, it came out on. 
or this particular I was, game. No, I was asking about this one in particular because I yeah. remember it being a gorgeous game for when it came out and it kind of caught my interest. And then I played it. I didn't, I did not beat it. Yeah. But, um, I do remember being a really good game. I mean, the little yeah. bit I do remember of it. And uh, I know that they did the most recent Dragon Quest on the Switch. Yep. And I, I, I played the demo. I do want to pick it up at some point. But I always preferred Final Fantasy over Dragon Quest. But this is one that I've heard Dragon Quest fans speak very highly of. And like I said, I, this is the only one I really put a lot of time into. And I do remember having fun with it. Yeah, I played this one. Uh, there was seven for it came out first, and these games are like massive. That's the, kind of the thing is, that, you know, it, some people like that, some people don't. I mean, this is over a hundred plus hours, um, and I remember Dragon Quest Seven. Um, this happens a couple times when you kind of realize maybe I don't like this series as much. I loved all the Dragon Warriors, but I only played one uh, back in the day. I've played the all the others since then. Um, up until five, I never played five uh, or six. I don't even know what the, where those are. But seven was on PlayStation One, and I played it. And you go to a you you kind of go to a world and kind of uh, kind of like Quantum Leap in that old show back in the day. You know, like you go to the okay. You you go there. And there's a problem, and you got to solve the problem. Kill the boss. The town's happy. You go to the next town, and the exact and you just kept doing this over and over and over. Uh, and I just remember going, dude, this is like the 22nd town i've been to the same thing over and over and i turned it off at that so point. it's mandalorian video game style is that what you're telling me yeah you like that yeah it was fun <laughs> I and mean, you're, you're you're leveling up and everything dragon quest 8 i don't remember that happening as much and i didn't get too deep I, I played that for hours i mean i probably got 30 hours into it um and it's been a long time but i did i do remember that one as well being a, a fun one and i got 12 on uh the switch as as well and i've played that one quite a bit um, they start doing this really fun. They just start doing a lot of um, fun things like hidden monsters. And when they start changing day to night and only certain monsters come out at certain times and there's always like a special monster you kill to get something, it starts to make it again where you're like, oh, I hope I'm not missing anything, you know. But again, the Dragon Quest was fun because you just it was pretty much just grinding, uh, dungeon crawling, a little bit of talking, and then it's gotten to a little bit of story, especially 12, started having a little bit more story, and you're like running around these massive towns. You're just, man, I just want to go out there and fight. I just want to go out there and play, right? It starts to get – that's what I always think about the Dragon Quest games. I don't really want to do stories, but uh, that is a good one, um, and it still does look good. I think it is that uh, cartoony, looks like a Borderlands type of thing. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's a really good one. All right. Oh, this one's unusual here. So maybe, what do you guys think about this? Number 20, top 25, Den of Geek, RPGs of all time. Number 20, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Is that where it needs to be? It belongs in the list. Uh, yeah, I, definitely I think it's on the a list. little, it's a little low, I think. And I just want to throw this out there before we go too far down this path. But, uh, underrated forgotten game jade empire made by bioware right after they made kotor is an outstanding rpg if you've never played it i think you can get it on your phone now but if you've never played that one it's basically kotor in ancient chinese i believe like you do martial arts yeah i i I never got to play it but i did hear great things like the design the the different form uh, art forms and everything Correct. Yeah. So check that out when you get the chance if you're interested. And like I said, I think it's I think it's like a you can get it on your your phone. You know. Yeah. But uh, 
So this came out only. Kotor does seem low. Yeah, it came out only on Xbox. So I didn't. Or back in the day, it maybe came out on PC as well back in the day. But I didn't play Xbox or PC games like that. So I missed out on it, and I actually ended up buying it years later, maybe ten years ago. Tried to plug it in and play it. Played it. Got to a big town, and I'm running around, and never seemed to leave the town. Um, but a lot of stuff was happening in the town. Uh, so I got. I never got off the metal sword, you know, that you just carry around. Um, but okay. But uh, I'm definitely going to go back and give it a shot. Uh, give it more of a of a go. But uh, do you guys play this a lot back in the day? Not back in the day. I played it after the fact because I was a PlayStation more than an Xbox guy at that time frame, and I remember it being outstanding. And you know, the choices Bioware has been kind of known for that. This is kind of where they—I wouldn't say this is where they got their start, but I think this is where they started getting more well known. Yeah. And I think the twist—don't know if I'm spoiling a game that came out in what was that 2001 or whatever—but there's a twist in the game for those who have not played the game. That is. Uh, it really shouldn't be surprising. I, I'm sure Nick knows what I'm talking I've about heard here. It before. But you can say it, it if you. It's, 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 okay. if, there's a so, rule like if it's over 15 years old, you know. It's, 15 it's years, you're good to go. Okay, <laughs> so the character you play actually is the bad guy from before. You know, he basically gets amnesia. So you're basically playing as a dark lord, a Sith lord, and then obviously the choices oh, you make in this Bioware game. Um, That's him, I guess. Nick's you know, got whether him you. Oh, okay. Can you see his? You can't but, see your. You can't see his cameras uh, swinging. No, I can't. Okay, he don't have his camera on. So yeah, he's got a, He's got uh, the doll. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see him now. So yeah, I mean, it's it's an outstanding game. I think it's rated a little low in my opinion. I mean, it was so quote unquote like it was it was a big thing when it came out. It really was the game itself, and then the quote unquote twist surprise as you play through it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, just really well done. I, I cannot think of the uh, droid's name in there, but he is hilarious. I cannot <laughs> think of... Uh, oh, Nick, uh, maybe you can help me there. Statement. Uh, I got HK-47. HK-47, there you go, <laughs> which is hilarious, you know. And and what was the movie? Rogue One. You remember the droid being kind of a sarcastic you-know-what <laughs> In the game in Kotor, like the guy's hilarious. The droid is absolutely, you know, he steals the show in the in the game. That's yeah, what I he remember. Really does. About it. He really does. He's like, oh, do, you, do you want me to kill meat the puppets. master? Yeah, meat meat bags. Meat meat bags. That's what I think he yeah. calls. It's meat puppets or meat bags. I can't remember, but it's hilarious. It's like all that squishiness. How does that not drive you crazy? Like it's, <laughs> the things he's, it's wild, but I do agree. It needs to be higher. But uh, I'm glad it's there. Unless unless the sequel, because I believe the sequels, despite the bugs, which is Obsidian Standard at the time, it was really ambitious, really dark, especially for a Star Wars story. I'm hoping that the second one is a little bit higher oh, on wow. the list. Yeah, this would be a great series to get into. It says that one of the things that it did the best is uh, managed Bioware managed to break down the wall that divided the PC con- and console RPGs. So it kind of bridged that gap for a little bit. PC-style RPGs ever exclusively for a console is surprisingly deep. Um, uh, yeah, so that was really cool. So that kind of got everybody hope, too, that, man, we get, where are these things going to go? Yeah, that, that sounds really good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and try to finish that one. Again, that's another one on my list to finish. Uh, pretty much all of these so far. 
<laughs> I've heard they're remastering it. Yeah, I've heard that too. No, about... remaking. They are remaking. Ooh. Yes, so they're gonna they're gonna update basically the lore to fit with this new Disney Star Wars canon. But they're bringing it back, but they haven't said much. They they all they did was a teaser, and it showed Revan light up his saber. So, yeah, I hope they don't um, do the same thing that Final Fantasy remakes do and release one every six years, and then it's only like oh a my quarter of the game. Don't be starting on them. I don't even bother to buy it. I'm gonna be I'd be burnt out before it start. Yeah, it's just sad. I mean, just make the game, guys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I know you're trying to um, whatever. Uh, that's probably on the list somewhere. Oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Number 19. Oh, yes. Here we go. Now we can talk. Secret of Mana, number 19. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great. Nice. Yeah. Let's see here what they say about it here. Uh, really a testament to the quality of the SNES JRPG library that Secret of Mana isn't even the first Squaresoft RPG that people usually think of when they think of that console. Steel Secret Man is something close to a video game design miracle. Few other gamers have come this close to picking this deep depth and heart into such a substantial RPG experience that never feels like a slog and even allows you to play with a friend. That was that was the thing uh, that it, one, two, three players you could play mm-hmm. as it. Um, somebody's I love Secret of Mana, by the way. I love the uh, how it works, and I thought always it's a RPG, right? But we did a podcast with Rob from Rob and Rob. And we try to determine what is an RPG. What you know? What what game? You know what what makes up an RPG? How do you determine if a game's an RPG, right? And he asked me, "Do you think Secret of Mana is an RPG?" And the more I thought about it, I'm like, "No, not really. It doesn't even fit. You get levels, but it's pretty linear. You're not really going to choose a path at all. You know. So no, not to get too. I, I wouldn't. What I mean. <laughs> It's not, no, it just made me question it. it. It's obviously, I, mean, I still think it's call, an RPG. You call Zelda an RPG, right? I don't call Zelda an RPG, no. But it's an action RPG. It's known from that. There's a sense of progression. Yeah. There's there's a you know there you're you're exploring a a living you know world. You're uh, it does uh, does become reactionary at some aspects of the game. Zelda, it, yeah, a little bit, especially in, in the newer ones. But your character never but, really develops into anything that you choices you make. It's not going to really change that character. Link's still the same. Link, this, uh, whatever you name your right. character, is still but the same. Chrono Trigger, Chrono's still Chrono. He is a mute protagonist, and it's supposed yeah. to be you. But everybody else talking, and the the binary the binary choices you make in the game. You know, in dialogue, that dictates the personality, sure, but it's still an incredible RPG. You are still building. You're still building a character. You're 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 engrossed in a world. You're. I mean, there are games like Final Fantasy X where they railroad you, but there. I will agree there was not as much a sense of freedom in Secret of Mana, but once you start getting, once you get the dragon too, you can go anywhere you want. You can start unlocking things with the greater powers and the tools that you get too. So there's that sense of exploration. Another thing about an RPG typically. But so, it's really, I mean, you really don't go anywhere that you haven't been though. That would, you know, if you go, um, there might be one place that you go to, to get better weapon. Anyway, like the, like the sense of risk versus reward type of thing that okay. was a great in RPGs. 
I mean, you know, I've always considered an RPG. I still do, but it just brought up an interesting question about really what he, what he, what is an RPG. But anyway, let's not to get into that. But oh um, man, sorry, I was like, oh wait, wait, wait. No, no, that's what that was a good discussion. I'm just saying, like, we could e- we could do a whole podcast again on that um, alone. We could because I kind of fall. I fall in kind of in between that because something I've noticed on this list so far is uh, if if you're like the more Japanese, not JRPG as we know them, but like more Japanese made RPGs, there's a lot of action RPGs and we really haven't hit on those. I mean, going back to, uh, I don't know if it's on the list or not, but uh, oh my God, the Tales series, Tales of Arise, Tales of Symphonia, where it's not just, you know, turn-based, you're actually action- with the stuff, but you are doing RPG like you're doing. There's and there's the and I'm gonna mispronounce this. I think is the Ease series, but yeah. it's spelled Wise. Yeah, mm. yeah, and and it kind of falls in that same. But which are two great series overall. There's some standouts on those game. You know, on those entire series, like Symphonia for Tales sticks out for me. I've picked up a Rise and I've really liked it so far. That one just came out. Yeah, uh, and the Ease one's got some very cool games on that one. And the, with the Secret of Mana, you guys hit on a lot of it. It was a great game, I think. And I've told you about this, Hollywood. You know, with me modding and messing with emulators and stuff like that, um, I'm going to butcher the Japanese version. But it, there's a Secret of Mana too, but yeah. it's called like Sek- Second and Get Dietsu yeah. Three, it's like yeah, Second something like that. Yeah. But it's basically Secret of Mana Two, yeah. the sequel to it. But it's very similar. Yeah, and, and it led to Final Fantasy Adventures is actually Secret of Mana One. Uh, it's called Final Fantasy. Yeah. They got a, they got the trilogy out on Switch, and I got that the old school one. And they remade the second in Setsu uh, mm-hmm. two or three. I think it's called I've three. Played, yeah, I have the it's Trials of Mana, the remake that yeah. they did. It's not bad. It's actually like it it, it plays it plays smoothly, but oh man, the voice acting it <laughs> it hurts. It hurts so bad. I can only take it so much. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed. I like the sixteen bit stuff, and it is fun to play it again. It's like you're playing a brand where you are playing a brand new SNES and they kind of uh, they had Square USA Square Soft USA go with the um, uh, Evermore what was it Uh, Secrets of Evermore did you play Secrets of Evermore yeah yeah. and it had uh, it's unique Um, somebody said something about the game and it made me not like it anymore and it was just that uh, (laughs) it's just that the dungeons are mazes you know, like it's an arbitrary way to make a game seem longer by just putting mazes in the dungeons. And you're like, mm. oh, man, that's true. It is just a big maze. Why is it not a... So, but I mean, it, it's still a... It's the only game they made. Wow. And um, in the magic system on that one, I'm not a big fan of because it uses items and you can actually run out where you can never use magic again. So, of course, you hold it, never use it. And the only way to level up is so, to use it, just like it is on Secret of Mana. Yeah, the alchemy system. I remember the alchemy, that. Yeah, I, I like so it. So when, so did you feel like that recently, or I mean, after the fact of you playing the game, when somebody kind of gave you that perspective and it changed your take no, on the game, or did you feel like that when you were playing the game? Honestly, I heard that before I played the game, and so I okay. just bought it because it was available, and so I wanted it for my collection because um, it's SquareSoft USA as well, um, and. It's, it's almost exactly the same. And I, I mean, it is fun. I mean, it's, but the magic system does kind of throw you off. 
and you, you, I don't like that I can run out and never be able to use magic. I, th- I think that's what. I think it was the same way. I think it was the same way in Secret of Mana, unless you you had a consumable that refills your spells Maybe meter. It, but I mean, I yeah, and I think you can remember. Can you buy those? You can buy those consumables for the magic. I think. So don't, maybe I, I, I don't here's remember. What I, but. I think I'm getting to cross with Terra Enigma because that one you can run out of magic uh, for good for the Great game. Great game, by the way. Yeah, I never finished that, but so I think I'm getting confused with, with that one. So, but anyway, we're talking about Secret of Man. So, um, but it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Secret of Man is a classic. If you own a Super NES and you are trying to collect, you have to get this game. But they mm-hmm. have it on Switch and everything else. Um, great experience and it's relatively short for a squaresoft game back in the day all right press two number 18 another classic that's great earthbound yes yeah i never played this one until recently until it was on the wow. wii u uh game store i downloaded it right away when that came out because nintendo always seems to hold for some reason they don't like to how do you not know this is popular? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are y'all holding this they, game? They, I was going to say the Nintendo abuses mother. Yeah. You know, the Earthbound series. I, I'm happy. I mean, I loved it when I was a kid. Like, I actually kept asking my parents to let me re-rent it every time <laughs> just to play through it because I loved it so much. And I'm glad they have it on the classic SNES. So, I mean, yeah. I have it there if I ever want to get nostalgic. But, yeah, that was a really – that was another solid RPG. Yeah. I've played this one for, I don't know, 15, 20 hours. Um, and uh, it's just a fun, you know, the dialogue's funny. It's just a fun little thing. It's not so dark. And um, combat's good. Uh, I need to go back. It is on a Super NES Mini. Um, I believe it's even on your Switch, Super Nintendo Switch. Uh, and I, but I know they just released Mother 1 on the NES uh, on your switch with that NES, uh, online. Hmm. So, um, they translated that over, I suppose, I hope they did. That's, you know, but, um, but yeah, so that was, yeah, the mother series and then their mother three as well. That's, that's, yeah, it's on a handheld. Oh, it is. No, I think earthbound's two. I think earthbound is actually two and there's a mother three. And I want to say that's on a handheld. I don't know if it's a DS or not. Okay. Yeah, I thought Earthbound was Mother 2 as well. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's a great one. There's one thing in this game that I don't know why they don't implement in the newer game. I have no idea. It's one of these mechanics that uh, works wonderfully to for the pacing of the game and stuff is that, you know, I'm just making up the numbers, but say you're level 20 and a level, you know, 8 attacks you and you're going to dominate it, it will just automatically, it'll still kind of, like you're going into a random battle, but then it kicks you right back out, gives you the experience and gold. You don't even have to fight the fight. It's an automatic win because it's just time taking time. You're not going to get damaged. You know, why do they not do that in these other RPGs? I don't understand. Uh, But that was an awesome mechanic that they did. And uh, it just, I mean, if it still gives you experience and everything, it's just quicker. So, I don't know. I have not played it. Now, we discussed this on one of the podcasts I was with you guys on. I think it was like the top 100 Super Nintendo games. I want to say it was in the top 10, which I, I agree it deserved to be in the top 10 for Super Nintendo games. But I guess the question is, do you guys really think it should be that high on the top 25 RPGs of all time? Earthbound, yes, absolutely. Okay. I think it probably yeah. would be higher, man. Um, I 
really yeah well we'll see compared to everything else that comes on the list but it is it is it was fairly groundbreaking back in the day i mean it even came with a a a guide with the game like, yeah if you yeah by it but it was yeah it was really good because it had this you know a really endearing story and lots of twists and you know every character had you know a specific skill and it like it impacted everything it was, it was good it was a good game the um i'm not knocking the game i just i just think it's an interesting perspective and for you hollywood i was listening to your most recent podcast uh with anthony when he did the 64 mm-hmm review and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, as we, the three of us have gotten older and stuff, I always find it funny since we live through most of the stuff we're going to see here is what was the impact when it came out? How much impact did it have on the games following it? Yeah. And really, you know, like where we place these things on these lists get interesting to me because it's kind of like, is it still that classic? Right. 20, 20, 30 years removed. Do we just put it on a pedestal because it was the first of this or it's broke the ground for that. And it, I mean, like I said, I'm not knocking the game by any means. I'm just kind of curious on your guys' take on it. That's all. I would say is, did it make an impact with me? And if it made an impact with everybody else, that's great. I mean, that's confirmation bias. Sure. But I'm saying like when I see this list and if I agree, it be, has it made an impact. Yeah. Because there's some of the games that we talked about earlier. I had, you know, I've heard great things about, but I'd never touched. So, I mean, um, I'm not going to have that emotional attachment, but because I would towards a game like, you know, Secret of Mana or Earthbound. Yeah. I feel like it belongs on the list because as a child, you know, 11, 12 years old, I ate those games up. Like it, um, I didn't read as much as a kid, but those games that I was enthralled that I read every single word, you know, like I paid attention. It, it fueled my, my wanting and needing. So then I did get emotionally invested in the characters and the story as a whole. So yeah, kind of like, you know, we like star Wars and then everybody's really yeah. salty about the sequel trilogy because it wasn't something that we vividly remembered when we were younger and we are trying to recapture that magic. And it, didn't hold to our standards. So there's a lot of people that are really upset with that sequel. So like, it's kind of the same concept. Like there's, uh, you know, because of how I feel about it, I feel like it deserves to be there. That's really it. And I a hundred percent agree with you. I just find it funny though, because like I, in my opinion, I think RPGs really picked up steam here in the States probably because of seven. I mean, however people feel about final fantasy seven, I think it made it mainstream. But what's hilarious, if you talk to any old-school retro gamer, there's a lot of love for the Super Nintendo specifically as, like, the golden age of JRPGs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, Super Nintendo was – that and, was it. That was that was absolutely it. And it's – and this list is kind of confirming that so far. We've had Secret of Mana. We've had, you know, Earthbound. And I know we've gone over – one more, I think, right? Dragon I could Warrior, be wrong, Dragon I, I, Warrior, Fire Emblem. We, no, there's yeah. plenty, plenty of JRPGs. They they really kind of set the standard for you know good good storytelling in a game. Absolutely. Well, the and thing about this agreed. about this uh, game before we get too deep on the, the Earthbound, I never played it when I was a kid, man, and I don't, a lot of people didn't, even hardcore gamers, because I don't say hardcore gamers, but uh, because the marketing campaign for this thing was just ridiculously stupid like um do you remember it nick <laughs> it was uh 
for Earthbound, it was like a scratch and sniff of something that stunk, and it, you did, he had no idea what Angry it was. Angry video game yeah, nerd. So he did a whole thing on it, and it became a cult classic, and that's why the cartridge was like $400, $300 at one point, because it's the only way to play it, too, I mean, besides an emulator. But mm. um, going back and playing it, uh, but it is a good question, and you make me think it and second guess, though, uh, Thunder, because does it belong? But there's no nostalgia with me other than just the graphics and knowing that it's a Super Nintendo game. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't finish it. It didn't hook me, right? I don't know if Final Fantasy VI would hook me, but I'll tell you, Final Fantasy II is hooking me, and that's probably a lot of nostalgia. It looks great on the Super NT, though. But um, it, uh, you know, so where does it belong? I don't know. I didn't think about it. It may be. I, I think it, it definitely needs to be on the list. I think 18 might be a good spot for it because I never went back and finished it um, compared to some of the others like Mario RPG. That, that'll hook you, right? And just get you, at least me, and get me stuck in there. But I do want to go yeah. back and finish Earthbound, though, at some point. See, I haven't played it. I want to play it. And a lot of it's because of what has been discussed about it. Yeah. You know, and I think living during that time frame, I'll have a different perspective than a 20-year-old who's playing the Earth Earthbound for the very first time ever on a SNES Classic. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, and it is what it is. You know, we're at different stages and chapters in our life. It's just, it was just a question. Like I said, it was not me. That's interesting. It's bad mouthing or oh no, no, yeah. absolutely not. I'm, but yeah, so different stages of our lives, and then also now we have exponentially more choices True. to pick from and have different levels of quality. So I guess you know uh, uh, that's also what made Super Nintendo the classic JRPG. It le- a lot of it is up to imagination. You're right there. Yeah, you see it, but it's like playing D&D on uh, yeah. on the table or something. Those, those they they might move a little bit, but back then they they look like little miniatures. So it's yep. no it, voices. it also hype yeah, it, it totally it, encouraged your brain to think a lot differently. So again, that's where it kind of that's where it starts gearing your mind towards that emotional attachment because you're developing these these connections directly for yourself. So then that's why they made them so successful because they also kind of gave the power back to that player. So then where you're playing these like hyper cinematic RPGs like Mass Effect and and what have you, you know, they kind of and it takes that away because now you're watching a movie versus just kind of like reading a book and vibing. Yeah. That's a great point. I mean, I never, you know, it's something that you think about, but I don't think I've ever put it out spoken. Like that was an excellent way of stating it. Cause you're right. Like, and then goes back to the nostalgia thing. Like me playing Nintendo Castlevania got me into video games, you know, and I would go out and, you know, Simon Belmont's a couple of pixels on a screen, right? So I'm I'm Simon Belmont out my backyard <laughs> using a rope exactly. belt as a whip, whatever. And you're, you're right, you know, now I play whatever game and it's so ultra realistic. You don't imagine the thing, it's shown to you and now that's your that's your yeah. interpretation of that character or whatever. Until so. Captain Ian came out and ruined Simon Belmont. Man, he ruined that. everybody. Mega Man. <laughs> yeah, I oh. guess they did. Kid Icarus. <laughs> Mega High. Oh, man. Mega White. Like, he was green and he. <laughs> yeah, he was green. Oh, he was, I mean, he looked just like his, his pixel look, you know? I mean, they didn't do better with the Mega Man cover art on the first game. You know? I mean, uh, it took so years either. before they were like, that's how Mega Man is. And he wasn't cool until X, you know? So. <laughs> 
<laughs> so oh, Mother Brain, so I'm thinking of, I'm thinking the show now, and maybe she should have been Mother Lives. You know, they did a good job with King Hippo. They got King Hippo right, but yeah. that's probably about the only character. And they're like Eggplant Wizard, like dude, what's this a Eggplant random kid? Wizard, baby. He was in Kid Icarus, yeah. yeah, just a rant. I mean, he's yeah. not even a boss. Um, you know, it, it is so anyway. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, we got to talk about that one day. But the Mega Man cartoon that was on on USA. See, I don't remember back when that. USA one. had those Saturday morning cartoons. The Mega cartoon Man Cartoon Express, was, baby. Yep, like it was. <laughs> it was actually really fun. It it was good. That Proto Man and everybody that they even had a Mega Man X crossover, and Ooh. X was just monstrous. And when he shoots his blaster, it like takes out half a city block, and you're just like. <laughs> It was so over the top, but I mean, it was great. It was, it was great. I remember that. Oh yeah. All right. Let's see. What's number 19. Oh, this one. So this is interesting here. Our 17, not 19. This is 17. Vagrant story. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. okay. I've been wanting to get I, back to that because I had such a hard time getting into it as a kid. I want yeah, to do it now. Too. So here's my, here's my take on this, uh, from my perspective, <laughs> And I'm going to guess here. I don't know if it has the year in the in the list that you have there, it Hollywood. Doesn't, no. I want to say this game came out. Okay, I want to say off the top of my head, a game came out like 2000, 2001. So uh, I joined the military. I got to my first duty station um, in Denver in 2000. And a good friend of mine and me, roommates, we were big video game guys. So we would play everything, 64, PlayStation 1. So we were going through all the Final Fantasy games and all the JRPGs, and Vagrant Story pops out. And I go pick it up. And I had become known as like the gaming guy in the dorms for being able to get through games. And Vagrant Story kicked my you-know-what right off the bat. I could not get the timing for the combat fighting for the longest time. And, I mean... I. It's one of the few, first few games I ever quit on. Like, it's a great game. I just got so irritated with the fighting. I just couldn't do yeah, well. Then it was a me thing. It wasn't the game. Vagrant Story, yeah. yeah. So I actually liked uh, the combat, and it made it easier for me to enjoy Parasite Eve because that was another Square game that came out roughly within I love the same time. Great Eve. game. Yeah. Uh, I'm, so... Um, I really want to play it again because I like that it has a tie into Final Fantasy XII, and that's another game that I have yet to play. So I want to like get them both together oh, yeah. and enjoy it because yeah. they actually take place in the same universe. So uh, there's not a lot of reference, but I like I like that it's expanded some more, so it'd make me appreciate Evilous. one and the other. Evilous, Evilous, yeah. Okay. yeah, and then Final Fantasy XIV has it that you can go there as well. So I haven't gotten to that point yet, but you know, I'm like I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of that idea. So I really and want tactics, to for the first tactics, oh, takes tactics. place in Evilus as well. I yeah. love tactics. Yep, there's that too. So, so we, yeah, they really built a huge, huge setting for that that I think yeah. they should continue on down the line. They um, Hollywood, if you don't mind real quick. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry. to. I just got to get this thought out while I'm thinking about it. It's something I'd mentioned to you and Clear one time. And since Nick's saying that, I, I want to throw this out, especially for the topic we're on. Legend of Heroes, have you heard of that, Nick? Have you played any of those RPGs, or have you heard about the series? Legend of Heroes? Legend of Heroes. So mm-hmm. they, they've they done a – it's like Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky, and that was a – I think it was a trilogy. And then they did a duology, and then they just did a quadrology, um, Trails uh, – no, something Cold Steel or something like that. Legend of Heroes, something Cold Steel. So there's about – eight, nine, ten games 
that all take place in the same world during the same time frame. But each of these, it's like mini series within the series, but it's all one big overarching world story. So imagine if Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9, 10 all took place in the same world within 20 years of each other and they tie into each other. So your main characters in the first trilogy show up as NPCs in the second duology as like heroes, they'll come in, they'll be NPC characters of your party, and then they'll dip out. And it's one big overarching story. That's pretty neat. I like that. I have to check that out sometime. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, that's that's, good, man. I, I like that. I've got to keep it in mind. Um, well, I'll say this about Vegas. So I remember buying this one when it came out. Cause I, I was, there was a point when anything square, I was going to get it. Um, yeah. And Vagrant Story came out, and I, I remember you attack. When you get ready to attack, you get to attack arms, legs, head, chest, yeah. and you yeah. got to pick. And it's just, you're only the one guy. You never get in a party or anything like that. And it's essentially a massive dungeon crawler that I remember. And I do remember it being, being kind of dry. And I don't think I could get into the story when I was like, you know, it did come out in 2000, so I was like 19, 20 years old. Um, but I did. I still own it uh, to this day. I went back and bought it again. It had the uh, pre. Uh, what did it have? The preview to Final Fantasy twelve in it, with uh, probably it's, 10, I mean that's about like the that. time. Yeah, it had a had a demo. I mean, I can get it now, but I'm not going to look it up. And uh, but it was uh, it had a demo in it too. And um, but I do want to. I mean, now that I understand the that I can appreciate the story now a little bit more, I do want to go back and finish that one too. Um, but yeah, Evilise and, and and Final Fantasy twelve is just a, it's kind of so political. It's hard to to follow and, and maybe you can follow it, but I don't know because there's so many side quests in that game that by the time you get back to the main quest, you have no idea what's going on. Um, but anyway, so that's and same way for final fantasy tactics. I want to understand the stories. Like I'm going to really focus on what they're talking about and I'll get through half of it. And about half halfway through, I'm like lost. Like, I don't really know exactly what's happening, but YouTube video will fix that. Let's see here. Vagrant Story, 17. Number 16, Persona 5. Any Persona fans? Like I said, I only played the four, and I did appreciate it. I mean, it's great. It is just a fun game to play. The graphics are great, and this is on on PlayStation Vita when I played it. I I like 3, 4, and 5. Tried to get into 1, and one is kind of one and two are kind of more of the old school classic turn based battles. Yeah, you know, uh, but like very, I, it's hard. I'm not gonna say they're dry, but three is where it really kind of comes into its own. Like it, it really develops the characteristics of the Persona series, you know, and like this whole RPG slash social little yeah. RPG slash whatever, but 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 keeping it fun. Yeah. And go um, to school. I haven't and... played five. Yeah, I haven't played five. I do have five. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, I played three and I played four and I loved both of those, you know, so and I've heard yeah. great things about five. So I can see it being on the list for sure. And I know kind of like how Final Fantasy seven kind of made RPG sh- mainstream here in the States. I, I, I want to say Persona five is a game that really got more RPGs fans into it. it that's kind of the next res- you know, Renaissance. It's the the next game that kind of hooked the new generation in RPGs. So I can say it deserves it's 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 on the list at least. Yeah. It uh only one I played is four and I just got, you know, I don't know how long not too deep, maybe 10, 15 hours. 
And, uh, yeah, you just get up in the morning, go to school, and then, you know, something happens, and you go to a TV store, and you get sucked in the TV, and then you have your little personas. And it was just fun. I mean, it's this beautiful game on Vita, you know, and it just... Mm -hmm. It was just kind of fun to walk down the street. You know what I mean? What makes it that way? The colors, it just... You know, I've always been a super fan of the Japanese culture anyway. Maybe that's, that was what made me feel like, oh, maybe I'm kind of walking down the street in Japan. Like the Shinmu stuff back in the day was awesome. Um, but um, I wasn't, you know, that's the only one I've really played. So I can't really speak to this. Would you play it a lot, Nick? Have you ever played it? I've never touched any of them. I've yeah. heard good things, though. I just, so I'm, I am very bipolar when it comes to my taste in anime like there's some classic ones that i you know i like and there's other ones that i really don't that there's a you know there's an extreme popularity for it just really i've always been on the fence to play it because that's another thing like i said with trials of mana like it's really weeby for me and the voice acting is like uh you know so yeah. it kind of it turns me off like so if it's if it if if i feel like it's too much i don't know what my threshold would be depending on what it is if it's too much i'm not going to be interested but i mean you know i would give it a shot like if it was like uh, like on sale for like five bucks or something i'd be willing to try it out yeah yeah it's probably like me with it bravely default i can't the graphics there's a certain art style that i just won't play and it's like with the tails too it's just that art style mm -hmm. i don't mind the drawings the and one. stuff but it's the, yeah. it's the, it's the, it in the, it aren't the cutscenes like literally cartoons. They, they are. And once again, it's one of those preference things. And one, one interesting fact, what I do remember off of this one though, is what's interesting about the persona series is it was a spinoff from, and I'm going to butcher the name of this one, the Shin Megami Tensei oh, series. Yeah. Yeah. I see it. Shin Megami And it's Tensei. now more popular than the original franchise that started it. Persona was a, like I said, a spinoff. And it just blew up with popularity, and now that's where they dump a lot of their money into. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. I remember the Shin Megami Tensei games. They, they have one on Wii U. They have. They just Don't released they? or remastered one on Switch, too. Uh, I think they redid five. Yeah, maybe I'm... Maybe now, the Shin, the Shin Megami Tensei maybe I don't know what I'm ones are about. known for being super difficult, though. Yeah, that's like, what... Like, they're very, very difficult. Yeah. That's what I've heard. All right, let's move on to... Oh, okay, here we go. Number 15, our first Final Fantasy title. You'll never guess which one. Final Fantasy Nine. As long as you didn't say eight, I'd be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, I'm for eight. Yeah. I, I didn't care for nine just by the art style, and I know. Yeah, I'm the same way, though. I finished nine and the art style. Like, what is the deal, man? Why you got to give this dude a tail? That's one thing. Second thing, don't have animals, man. And I'm, I'm quite, so not to get off topic again, but the new, um, uh, your, uh, Chronicles or whatever. That's supposed to be the, the spiritual successor yeah. to Sui code, which is a phenomenal RPG. I want that needs to be on the list. If it's not, he never played it. Um, but they make animals like, the normal characters. I've got big hippos talking to me. Like, dude, dude, that's not cool, man. Why is that a thing? <laughs> you know, I don't know. What did you think well, about that? That's well, this is Final Fantasy Nine. They have those animals, and that's what threw a lot of people off. I liked it. I, I think for me, it was just I don't know. I didn't like eight, and I mean, we all have our preferences. So I love seven. I think universally, people love seven, 
and it was so different and unique with this, you know, like the just what they did compared to what Final Fantasy had been up to that point, and majority of RPGs in that fantasy dragon type of setting. So seven was cool, and eight to me, I just found boring. You know, I, I just I did not eight did not catch my attention. I don't think I ever got past disc one. And so yeah. when nine came out, to me, it was kind of like, okay, cool. We're not going down that same path for the third consecutive game. We're kind of somewhat going back to the old school, but not really. So for me, I liked it. I I I, I don't know. It's it it was charming to me. I get you where like you're coming the animals? from. You don't mind the animals? You like the animals. I didn't mind the animals. Yeah. I didn't mind the animals. It is a fun game overall. It is a um so that so the developer, the primary developer. The, the actual director of the game, I believe it's the game, it may be the producer or whatever. This was his, he did all the Final Fantasies up to this one, did this, was his final one. So he wanted to kind of go back, uh, if I remember the story correctly, and, and fix it. Because 8 was different. 8 was that uh, where you, whatever it's called, where you chain the the spells and everything. That's how you, that's how you grow. You, you, uh, well, you, yeah, you, you suck drew, the spells, you, you drew things. the magic. Yeah, the junction yeah. system. Junction system. The junction system. And see, if you're not used to that, and I was not used to that, I played it like a normal one. I was getting destroyed. I'm like, what is the deal, man? Because the, the enemies level up with you. Uh, and it, I did not got, like that. But once you figured point, out, though, it's that I was absorbing. Yeah, you could get them, get yeah. that you could absorb literally every spell in the game, which you yeah. pretty much need if you're going to fight Ultima, which that you get a summon from her and he is just ridiculous. Yeah. And I played it on the, on the Vita knowing how to do it. And I enjoy, I did enjoy it. I definitely liked it more. I can see it. I, it could, I, I see the validity of that game, final fantasy eight now. Um, and I, and I got it again on the PlayStation four, but they'd make that thing to where if you're ever in trouble, you just push like select or something and it gets all your limit breaks up, refills your life and everything. So it's like, man, why would I, I can't turn that off. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Oh yeah, well, yeah. They, they did that with seven, seven and eight. They did, and I got it on. Yeah. It's probably the same thing on nine. It's, I got nine as well because uh, they were like on sale for like five dollars each or something. So I just bought them. Okay. And um, interesting. And so, but I did play nine on the Vita again and eight on the Vita again. I bought them there, and uh, I did like nine is fun. I mean, it goes back to finding the the fun, the thing that that you put on a piece of armor and whatever and you get enough. Uh, AP or whatever it's called to get to learn that spell. You take that armor off and you still memorize that spell, you know, stuff like that. I like that aspect of that. Really, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, kind of personalization or however you want to do it. I re- I remember it being fun. I remember liking the card game, you know, like, yeah. the, the, you know, <laughs> triple triad. Yeah, yeah, triple triad was fun. And, but what I do remember, and I could be wrong on this, but like, I, I get too much into being a completionist. That's what I kind of love slash hate about the new RPGs. There's just yeah, so too. much to do. Uh, and what I remember about that one is you 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 had to go dig for the side quests. And if you did, you got some great rewards, but you didn't feel like you were missing out. It wasn't giving you the, hey, obvious side quest here. You're going to regret not doing me. And you felt like obligated to go follow that. You, you yeah. kind of found things on your own. So the pacing of it seemed okay too. You know, you just go and, play the game and do your thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. They had little pieces of map that you had to have your chocobo dig. That was fun, man. Have you a little <laughs> piece of map and you got to like, where on the map is this? And you go find it and dig and you get the, and there's good stuff. I do. That was fun when you, when it finally opens up. Um, but yeah, the, the animals and all that, I don't know what that kind of was part of the, 
I can't remember why he wanted to do that. That's kind of what his original vision was or something. But, um, you know, the main Zidane has a tail. It's just like, what's this tail for, man? You know, I don't well, get I'm, it. I'm a little, I'm a little thrown off on nine though. And we'll see how the rest of the list goes. But like for personal, for me personally, I, I think six is my favorite final fantasy of all time. I think 10 and seven should be up there somewhere as well. And so if nine is on this list, I could be wrong. I highly doubt there's going to be multiple, multiple, multiple Final Fantasy games on here. So it's going to be interesting if nine gets on the list and seven doesn't or ten doesn't or six doesn't. And then I'm going to be like, "Mm, yeah, I'd rather have those three over nine. You know what I mean? Okay, so I'll say this. So it does say this. So if you were reading the list, it's not a shocker. But it says you'll soon discover that Final Fantasy IX essentially beat, quote, Final Fantasy VII for a spot on this list. So that tells me Final Fantasy VII oh. is not on that list. That's a, yeah, I don't get that. Wow. That's shocking. Yeah, I don't know why you picked that one. I mean, Maybe, it is got its own I charm. Mean, it, had its, it had its faults, but it definitely brought it. It uh, basically made everybody want a PlayStation. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I bought the game before so. I bought a PlayStation. Um, if you went back and played them today and never seen either one, you you have to not admit that seven's graphics and stuff did not hold up well at all. Oh no! And, nine, nine. and nine's nine's graphics for a PS one game are. I mean, yeah, I know it looks, it's near the end of the life cycle, but they're outstanding yeah, for for what that hardware is. There's a picture here. It looks good. All right, so let's jump to fourteen. Oh, this is interesting. Never played it, but it's Deus Ex. Oh, <laughs> it's a shooter. You need to. The Deus Ex Revision mod, they have it on Steam. Check it out, man. You, oh, man. You need to do yourself a favor. That I'm glad it's on the list. I'm glad. It says, may owe a lot to the System Shock series. But when it comes to and executing the ambitious concept of first-person RPG series, emphasizing environmental storytelling telling, and character building. Wow. Warren well, Spector did to, great on that. You beat me to the punch because I this is more PC than console. I mean, I know they did come out with another one on console, but I believe the first one in the System Shock were on PC. Like I said, I'm not much of a PC gamer, but I had heard about both of those games and how outstanding De- both of those games are. Deus Ex eventually got ported to PS2 with some oh. m- some updates, like they updated some of the cutscenes too. Um, okay. Uh, and then Invisible War, I think, was on both Xbox and that again, all all three basically. And Invisible War uh, was was really watered down, which kind of was what killed it. And then the uh, the endings weren't that great, so I think that kind of killed it too, which is why they went to the Human Revolution trilogy or duology right now. Yeah, so it okay. says Deus Ex is, is definitely absolutely worth playing like especially like even with the revision mod you know because they fix everything and updated it because you know it's a it's as ambitious as it was for its time but you know it was still quite clunky at times too okay so it says this the bionic implant system and the way it offered multiple Mm -hmm. solutions to almost every situation are just brilliant bits of role-playing excellent excellence and the game is arguably best remembered for its conspiracy theory narrative 
and how mm-hmm. it sent you across the globe in search of something close to the truth. That sounds, it's a good writer. It, I mean, whoever wrote this Den of Geek. It, it is wild. Like they they <laughs> so, try to incorporate real world conspiracy theories like, you know, the Black the Black Hawk helicopters, the, the men oh, in black. Man. The Area 51 stuff, you know, uh, just the the, uh, the Illuminati. All are you this, like a super spy stuff. or something? Trying to is that what you do? Or you're is... you're part of what's called UNATCO, the United Nations, something like terrorist coalition, something like I I, I can't even remember right now. But basically, you're an anti-terrorist thing. That coincidentally, there was a terrorist attack. And then because of memory issues, I'll give you some trivia, memory issues, when you land in New York, the World Trade Center isn't on the skyline. This game came out in 2000. Oh, man. So it just just strong wow. coincidence because, yeah, they had memory issues where they couldn't have the entire New York oh, skyline, so, so they had to dupe it. But the because of it being duped, that meant that the World Trade Center meant wasn't there. The character had memory issues, but you're saying the game oh, no, had no, no, yeah. no, no, yeah, okay. the, the, the actual development memory. But oh, no, man, the, the, the awesome. actual the actual game is it, it is it is great. It is great. Is he, a, he's just a basically a super cop. Oh, that sounds great. I'm gonna check it out. Hopefully, they got it for something else like Xbox or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. One of my favorite of all time, number thirteen, Sui Coden two. Oh my gosh! Did y'all play any of these Sui Codens? I have not, unfortunately. Oh, I, man. I think I started it. So once again, I got seven. Got me into the whole RPG thing. I played six before, and I did pick this one up. What the only thing I remember about it is there being an insane amount of characters. What was a hundred and something? Hundred and eight. Hundred and eight. Yeah, man. Sui Coden wow. two, so Sui Coden one came out, um, and I just remember reading about it in like a game, or was it Electronic Gaming Monthly, like a little bitty extra yeah, about baby. it, you know? And I was mm-hmm. like, "That's crazy!" And I went to, it was uh, EB Games that get for GameStop bought it out, and um, had it in the little bin for like twenty bucks. Sui Coden one, and I bought it. Uh, I still have it to this day. And um, then when Sui Coden 2 got announced, I was like the you know the first person to get it. You know, like I had to get it right away. And um, and dude, it just the graphics are better. I mean, you're like I don't remember the, this one. I know that you're the first one. You were the son of a general, and he started a rebellion against the empire. Um, and you you find this underground rebellion group, you kind of hook on to them and you're just developing and you get this castle, find a place for your castle eventually. And the, the more people, in the same way for Sui Coden too, the more people you recruit, the more features your castle starts to get. I mean, it has gambling, gardening, weapons guy there, uh, you know, armor guy, like upgrade stuff. Um, all these different things, many games that you can play by collecting all these people. And of course they can help you fight too. And you do the standard turn base of six people in your party. And you can do um, team up uh, depending on the party uh, composition. Um, certain people have certain, you can maybe in triple attacks type of thing to do more damage. And um, hmm. and you attach a rune to each person for the magic. Uh, there's no, uh, there might be armor, but there's no weapons upgrades. You just upgrade your Start, uh, upgrade your current weapon you can't there are weapons upgrades but you can't change you know the main character has like two little like uh you, you'd call them like um you know what kind of like they're uh oh my gosh i'm trying to think here what kind of sticks are those the uh collie sticks 
type of thing, similar similar to that. And uh, but he just keeps getting those upgrades. He's never going to switch to swords or anything. But I think this time you're just friends with this kid Joey, who's like the son of a general or the son of he's for the empire, and then y'all break off and run off and rebel, and it starts the whole adventure. But it also has tactical stuff as well, to where you do like overhead world like tactical movements when you have to get certain parts of the game. So it has the tactics, the castle building system, the collection of the 108 and um, just the turn-based stuff. So it's great, man. I've played that game several times. I've heard great things about it. I think this is once again, and this is just me speaking, but I think I, I, a lot of people are in the same boat as me. Seven just sparked a lot of interest and the game system got flooded with all these really good RPGs. And this one, I hate to say it from my perspective, I've heard great things about it, but Grandia came out. Mm-hmm. This came out. You know, all the Final Fantasies came out. Xenogears came out, which probably deserves to be on this list somewhere. That's a great PlayStation 1 JRPG as well. And so I just never got around to this one. Yeah. No, this one, so I, I bought three on PlayStation 2 right when it came out, and I got about halfway through it. I just couldn't get into it. Um. And again, there's a, there's, there's a uh, limit. And I'm just thinking out loud because I don't know. Like, there's a limit for me. Like, if you send me to a town and you keep me in that town over a certain amount of time, I'll turn your game off. You know, I want to get back out and do stuff uh, and have control over either grinding or go find another dungeon that I just stumble upon and, and you know, work my way through it and find some great reward. Um, not part of the story for that long. And so... But yeah, three, I just didn't get into it. And uh, I took it back. I remember like trading it in at GameStop. But I played it a long time. And when I traded it in, so he goes, somebody's going to be happy. Um, I remember that very clearly. But Suicoden 2, I've played multiple times. Same way for Suicoden 1. So uh, I want to get one of those PlayStation 3s that Clear's talking about that has all, you can play all the way back to PlayStation 1 just so I can play some of these games again. Um. Or have you hooked me up with one of those PlayStation Classics or something? I got you, bro, Ham. <laughs> so, all right, number 12, I've never played. I hope somebody here has played. Planescape Torment. This is obviously a PC game. I, I have it. I got the Enhanced Edition, but I think it's much too late for me to play or enjoy yeah, but I, mm. I've heard I've heard great things. I even tried to play um, uh, Numenera Tides of Tides, uh, Torment Tides of Numenera, which is kind of like a spiritual successor to that, and I couldn't get that far into that either. So, so this... I, I just think it's like the setting or just whatever it's about. I just couldn't vibe. It looks strange. The setting, so a bunch of gears mm-hmm. and everything They're in like a metal room, and it's like a top down. Uh, isometric mm-hmm. view, small characters. You can tell it looks like a game from maybe like the Baldur's Gate to... Uh, it's, it's built out the same engine. Oh, it is? Okay. Mm-hmm. And it says, so it says this, for years I've heard Planescape Torment fans argue that it features the best story in RPG history. And then the writer says... Wow, that's saying something. Yeah, it says, well, you know what? They might actually be right. So let's see, it says, the story of the nameless one quickly evolved into a philosophical meditation on the nature of existence that never feels as pretentious as that description may make it sound. This masterpiece expertly forces you to confront the implications and impact of every decision you make in a way that feels pleasantly organic. 
This is a nearly unrivaled example of choice-driven storytelling. Wow. And it's number 12. So, <laughs> wow. I might have to check it out again. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll install it now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number, oh, here we go. Number 11, Baldur's Gate 2. <laughs> We're just talking about that. Pure D&D style RPG ever. Oh, yes. Another the one that des- one. deserves to be on there. Yeah, so they just released one and two. The only thing I have, uh, what was the the ones that they released on the GameCube and PlayStation Two? It was like Baldur's Gate Two, Dark like, Alliance. Yeah, Dark, Dark Alliance. I loved that. Dude. That's like what we said at the very beginning. The new Dark Alliance can't compare it to the original. Oh two. no, I didn't even realize that's and what that's they were what trying was to so do. Disappointing about it. Well, that's what that's I thought. Super it, disappointing. Only, man. Okay, I'm gonna lose my mind. I love Dritz. <laughs> I yeah. love Dritz Stewart. I do. I love. I love the band and I love that they were going to put it in between the ice wind Dale trilogy and the legacy of the drow. And I thought it was perfect, like as a building it, but God, it plays so stiffly and it hurts. And <laughs> I mean, I like the mature feeling of it. The cutscenes are great, but the game feels terrible. Dritz does not feel like how I envision him destroying everybody in the battlefield. He's he he, yeah. he runs like how I feel Bruner runs. You know, it's like he's not. <laughs> he does destroy though. That's what we're playing. I play Dritz, and he's he's always at the top. He just is crushing folks. He takes one hit. He's dead. But um, yeah, pretty yeah. much. But yeah, if if that was supposed to be like a Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, uh, then, yeah, that is very disappointing. I would rather have a Baldur's Gate. It's nothing even like it, but the Baldur's Gate 2 Dark Alliance was such a massive game, and I loved that game. And this is not the, this is not what this one is. This is a... Because they released no, this one on, you know, back on the Switch, the 1 and 2, and I thought about buying Ask the Guy at GameStop. He said, this is not the one you're thinking. This is like the old-school computer model version. Mm-hmm. Um excellent story yeah it looks complicated uh but yeah it's just it looks kind of like the divinity original sin type of deal um which i did enjoy those but yeah i don't have much to say about it i've never played this one this is act one you know i'm really hoping in this concept since we're we're talking about these similar games I'm really hoping Pillars of Eternity shows up on there because that yeah. is also that yeah. is also like my top five. Yeah, you know, greatest RPGs ever. Obsidian really did well, beautifully on that. I'll tell you what we're gonna do. This is a good stopping spot. We're on number eleven, so next time we come back, we can finish ten through one. You guys want to right. do that? Oh, next yeah. time it'll be the top ten. Sounds great. So. uh that was fun, man. I'm really enjoying yeah. this so far. And we got some good feedback here. And it's like, I think it sounds like we got the perfect RPGers on here to talk about this. So, yeah, different experiences. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, well, let's call it, go ahead and call that one. And we will come back with a part two for uh, the top 10 RPGs of all time, according to Den of Geek. So, well, appreciate it, uh, Swing and Thunder, Nick Thimianos, for joining us. It was a blast. Thanks for having me. Always happy to have you guys here. So, all right. We'll catch you guys next time. Later. Have a good one.